today on the Go for Bronze podcast. Numerous new studios are popping up. We're going to talk about what that means, what that means for the industry, what does that mean for you. Dead Island goes gold and releases early. Ace relives his childhood through, get this, basketball cards. Yep, that's pretty cool. Yoel is one hour and a half late because a kid gets domed by a car and much, much more on the Go for Bronze podcast. Hello and welcome to the Go for Bronze podcast, episode 18. I am Joel Torres, one of your co-hosts, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. We're learning that I have a hard time reading and counting. It's but, um, late. How are you doing? We're recording late, but we're recording late because uh, you said that somebody got domed by a car. So why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us about that? So I was an hour and a half late today from work. Well, first of all, I was an hour late from leaving from work, but that's a whole another that's a whole another uh, situation. But I, I was an hour late leaving from work, leaving at six as opposed to five. Um, as I'm driving home, I'm like, what the fuck is all this traffic? I usually don't leave home this time. So I'm like, maybe this is just like, and like normally how it is around six o'clock or something like that. And then I called my mom cause I live with my parents cause I'm a bum. And then, um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out the bum boys out there who are all bums at heart. Um, but then I called my mom and I was like, yeah, what the fuck is going on with all this traffic? And then she was like, Oh, uh, a kid got hit. A teenage boy got hit on a skateboard by uh, by somebody, and it was a hit and run situation. So then I was like, "Oh fuck, this is gonna be a long time." But for some reason, they closed down two whole ass lanes, and it was like Mark knows this because he used to live in this side of town. But it's like past that. It's like you know the Dunkin' Donuts in the Seven Eleven. Yes, and you're like going towards like where like where we live on that side of town. Like that's really the only way to get there. Like like you know in a reasonable amount of time so then i had to veer off from that 7-eleven make a right because the cops were closed down two whole lanes if it's a hit and run you just need the fucking sidewalk like, I, mean, I don't know fr- why i gotta close down my first what? question was gonna be how was their traffic if it was somebody on a skateboard what's the aftermath <laughs> so apparently he had to get airlifted out of there so you know hopefully he is fine and he is safe and he's you know has a speedy recovery the injuries aren't too serious but yeah he did have to get airlifted so i guess the whole lot, uh helicopter had to land there and all that or is that how they airlift or did they just like shoot down a little thing i don't know but that is pretty crazy so yeah they had to create enough space for that so i guess that that was the reasoning behind that but i was there at fucking 6 30 so that shit was clearly gone like it would happen at five o'clock i think so then uh, I had to veer off and then I literally had to make like a right and then had to go all the way like the back roads fucking driving past our middle school and going through that whole ass neighborhood. And I'm like, what the fuck is actually going on right now? And then so it took me an hour and a half to get home for context. It usually takes me about 30 minutes with the after work traffic in the morning. It takes me like 18 minutes. So that that is why we're recording so fucking late because... Motherfuckers don't know how to drive. But that's okay. That's You're here now. Well, we don't know the whole situation. I mean, hopefully, obviously, this person who was injured, hopefully they have a speedy recovery, like you said. But first of all, you are right. We live in a state where nobody knows how to drive. But did he know or she know how to aim the skateboard? We also don't know. There was a boy because said he in the newsletter that my yeah, teenage boy. And then um, but it was a hit and run. So I'm assuming it was foul play. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is foul play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so it was run is, ever, is ever by the numbers. 
so there's definitely something sketchy there yeah i mean yeah that's definitely problematic i'm glad that in i remember skateboarding and also i know you longboarded but i'm glad that there was never some kind of situation like that yeah that, i mean it makes me think about that now as like a kid like i used to do so much stupid shit like walking around in the middle of the night and like there's like this long like the back road on my neighborhood that people kind of go fast on and think about it back then when there was less people, less cops around, people were hauling ass back there. But it was like 35 miles, but like people were going like 55 and I'm just out here bullshitting, putting sticks in the road, fucking people's cars up and shit. Yeah. Man, and, and is that, is that the, the road. same road that I was like, I thought I, I witnessed the street race on, or was that a different road? The, that's a different road, but that but that but is also area. a sketch. Same area, same area. But, of, um, yeah, long but yeah, stretches no. of road with no lights. That's the thing. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of lights in that area. I, but it was five o'clock, so he fucking clearly saw him. But still, it's like damn, the shit I used to do as a kid. Like now, I understand why parents are pretty happy with their kids just like staying indoors, like doing nothing. I mean, yeah, there are. I mean, this is good because do it, staying inside and doing safe stuff can make people very like happy games. Well, like playing games but also like opening basketball cards so Ooh. me i had a dream a couple of like days ago and it was just random i woke up and i was thinking about basketball cards because when i was younger i used to open them all the time with my dad and my older brothers also collected cards but i had this dream and then i was talking about it with my brother alex and we just started talking about basketball cards and memories about it and then he just kind of like surprised me with a picture one day while I was working and it was a nude. No, it's a picture of like the basketball. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm just making sure that you're awake, you know? I, like, making I was sure like, really holy awake. shit, that's so crazy. He sent me a picture of the some of the cards that he got it? and he was, he was like, you know, you want to come over and hang out and we can rip these. And so I got really hyped that he did that and then I visited some old card store I used to go to, got some myself. Went over there, took a picture with him in front of all the stuff. We had a really good time and opened it. But I'm bringing this up also because you're saying it's a nice... Staying inside and doing nice, safe hobbies. It's something that Liz found very cute that I was so excited for. And Alex's wife, Carolina, was really happy that we weren't like going out. We are like staying in, opening cards. Now... The price of the cards is where it's like not really cute, and it's like this is basically gambling. But we had a good time, you know. Gambling's fun, and we—it's you know—it's something where it was just a really good time. And I guess a little background lore is that Joel has the best basketball card I ever pulled in my whole life. I when I got rid of most of my collection when I was younger, I didn't sell this one card that was the best thing I pulled, and so he has it. And and that was very kind of him. It's actually it was weird how you handed it to me because I I in the back of my mind I was like I hope one day he does give me the card like I didn't I never asked for it but I always was like I hope like if he or if he ever decides to sell it I'll be like I'll buy it from you because it's my favorite basketball player also that's why he gave it to me he just didn't give me like a randomly really good card but it's uh, Dwayne Wade that my goat my personal goat everybody's talking about LeBron fucking. Michael Jordan, all this bullshit is Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade carried LeBron to two NBA finals, in my opinion. And you can see me in the comments about that shit if you want to, you want to pop off. But <laughs> fucking LeBron's a punk ass bitch. <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he handed me to, it was kind of random because it was like when you were moving out of your house. And I was like, you're like, hey, you want this? And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I mean, yeah, this is really like, you know, me, it meant a lot that you gave it to me. But it was, I always, I always thought of that, but it was just like, 
it wasn't like for a birthday or Christmas or anything like that. It was just like a random time when you were moving out. Yeah, I want want you to have it to appreciate it just like a nice gesture. And for anyone who does collect cards or is familiar with it kind of in depth, just to describe it, it's a 2004-2005, so second year, Dwayne Wade patch autograph. It's a tricolor, black, white, and red. And then it's numbered. If you have it on your shelf, would you mind grabbing it? Because I want to know the number on it. I'll be right back. Now, the number is very low. And so he is going to walk over and I'm going to just keep talking until he gets it. It will be quick. But basically, you know, some cards are numbered serially. So there's only a limited number of them in the entire world. So this specific card on the back, the gold numbers are what out of what? It's silver, but it's nine out of 20. Great. So the ninth card out of 20. So 20 of them in existence, period. And he has one right there. And I mean, at this point, it's almost 20 years old. Wow. Out of yeah, the magnetic face. Look at that. And, and as Dwayne Wade gets more, you know, iconic in his old age, 9 out of 20, it would only gain value. But I probably, I would never sell this. Yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you have that for sure. But this is a PlayStation podcast. And we are talking about our dangerous childhoods long enough and the gambling. Well, video games are expensive too, but you just gamble digitally, so it's a little bit different. And we've been playing, looks like a handful of stuff. We've been playing one thing that we share normally, like always, but there's a lot to talk about with it this week. But we can save that as we do normally to the end so we can both talk about it. We'll start with you. I see you've obviously been playing Fat Hog, Hogwarts Legacy. Hog Leg, as some people are referring to it. I played very small amounts of it, so I don't have much to say, but I want to hear what you think about it. Before we before we get into the into the game, how do you feel about the because I heard the hog leg talk uh, another PlayStation podcast as like, I guess they use that as their abbreviation for the game or has that taken Internet wide now? The hog I don't leg? think it's taken Internet wide, so it's just that show that I've heard it and I know that you would have listened to it too. So I was kind of just bringing yeah. it up here based on the regular, you know, people I've spoke to in real life about the game. I've only heard people just say Hogwarts legacy. I've continued to say fat hog regardless of if they know what I'm talking about or not, but I haven't heard anyone say anything except for just base Hogwarts legacy. How do you feel about it? You think fat hog or hog leg? I, I still like fat hog. Well, I, I like, like what we made. Fat hog is a go for bronze original. So I exactly. like it personally. I think the whole, I feel like the magic in abbreviating a word and making it shorter is just so that you and the people you're with can understand it. It doesn't really have to make sense. Just like how when we're playing Warzone and three of us on an ATV is what we call a meatball sub. It doesn't make any sense. But we know exactly what we're talking about now. Actually, just side tangent, because we're talking about this naturally, is I watched a little bit of Free Guy, the movie with Ryan Reynolds that's like he's in a video game. Jesus Christ. So I watched a little bit of that. Very cringy. But the reason why I bring it up is because you hear actors try to talk the way that they think people who play games talk. And that's something that just cannot be recreated. And I was telling Liz, it can't be recreated because me and my squad say bullshit that doesn't make any sense to anyone else but to us we're locked in we know exactly what that means meatball sub on the atv right now (laughs) but yeah that is true i never thought about that with like the local game chat like even the e3 stuff it always seemed like inauthentic because 
gamers just create like a weird shortening of things yeah people might remember uh back in e3 2013 i think when they first showed the division they showed the division and it looked it looked really good but if yeah this is a long time ago but if you do remember the reveal it was them going through the police station and it was uh three people talking but the way that they talked was so fake like you know nobody talked like that they're going through the police station like oh it's kind of scary in here how much ammo do you have all right i'm a little worried okay no big deal nobody fucking talks like that they're probably like yo this game looks like shit what gun do you have what are you gonna do later what are you drinking like so anyway you can't recreate that that's very player specific yeah, and there's just a certain there's a certain level of rawness, and it's not it can't be manufactured. It's nothing that can be written down on a script because it's not supposed to be production or anything behind it. It's just like you know, it's just raw. It's like yeah. hanging out with like talking. It's like twelve year olds because everybody turns into a twelve year old when you start playing games again with your friends. Yeah, that's true. So, so what about Hogwarts? How are you feeling about it? I love it, and I was actually getting fucking made fun of. It. If you want to talk about where <laughs> the meatball sub, I was getting a train ran on me because everybody was talking shit because I liked because I I like uh, the Harry Potter game. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's magical. Uh, playing the game makes me understand why people liked it as children. I didn't like it as a kid because I was too cool. I was in the Star Wars as a kid, but like looking back on it, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. This is a cool world. I'm excited to dive deep into it. The game is fucking huge. I thought it was just going to be like the castle and like maybe like one or two, like a bully situation. I, I don't know why I keep on thinking bully with this game, but it's like the main campus and then maybe like a little side area, one or two, nothing too crazy, but it's a full ass open world game. Like when you pull out the map and look at the whole thing, it's, it's definitely going to be a beefy one. And I think I saw like the, the platinum time is probably like in that 80 to a hundred hour range. So yeah, it's definitely a, a beefy, beefy game, but the visuals are fucking fantastic. The combat is Arkham Knight isk ish ish, but I think it's more, it reminds me more of Mad Max because it has a certain weightiness to it. And that makes sense with it being avalanche as well. But uh, yeah, it has a certain weightiness that I like it. That kind of separates itself from Arkham. It's not as, uh, I don't feel like it does combat or combo based and as it's quick, obviously, because you're not like Batman just flying around beating the shit out of people, but it's more like deliberate using spells and like, you know, comboing them in that way. And I really enjoy it. The visuals are fucking fantastic. You said you were getting made fun of. What? How are you getting made fun of? Because you and Alex were just shitting on me. Okay, you're well, like, oh, you like, how, you like Harry Potter? Okay, so let's and first of all, I don't let's like Harry Potter. Let's I don't like up. Harry Potter. Let's hold up. We were playing, right? Obviously. Now, in just so everyone knows, I also think Hogwarts Legacy is fucking sick. I really like Avalanche. I always did, but I really didn't think they had this in them. And so I played about an hour of it, and I pretty much to mirror what you were saying. I'm really impressed with the way it looks. I'm really impressed with the polish, the level of detail. Really fantastic all around so far. But I think... And I'm interested in getting into Harry Potter too. You weren't really getting made fun of, I would say, for liking Hogwarts or Harry Potter. You were more so getting made fun of for just, you know, we were piling on the, oh, you're a, so you're going to be a Harry Potter, a Star Wars, and a Marvel guy. Because something I said was that you were a, for a, for a minute, not now, but you were a post-Endgame Marvel believer. As I said, all of them should be dealt with. Post-Endgame well, Marvel first believer all- right here. You were shit on it before you came out. You didn't even know what the product was. I Wait, waited for the product. Hogwarts? 
No, of uh, Marvel. Oh yeah, I mean that's you're right. Post Endgame, I was like, oh, this is gonna be trash. But it seems and we like started I'm right. off. We started off. We started off hot though. I liked WandaVision and I did like Loki. Now the movies are in all of Phase Four are garbage. Every single movie is trash. But they have two good shows in there. And they have 17 other shitty shows, but I, I didn't know that was going to be the batting average. I also think those two shows are good as well. But I mean, yeah, like you were saying, if we're talking percentages here, that's a terrible fucking rate. Yeah, yeah. Now, definitely. regardless of this, again, sticking to games, Hogwarts is fantastic. I am not that well versed in Harry Potter as a universe in general. You know, I had a little bit of experience with the books in elementary school, and then I've seen the first and I think the last movie. But the place where I have seen the most about it is we live in Florida. So we have theme parks around here where they have Harry Potter. And so it was really cool to see, you know, things from the theme park in the game. And just, of course, they're going to be the same thing. But it was cool to just see a more expanded in a video game like medium. Lived in. And not like a Lego Harry Potter, right? Because we've had that. Yeah. But to see an actual extremely high quality, a lot of detail and running really well. I mean, it is a really great game, but... It's just cool to see. Yeah, and also, like, one of the things we were talking about yesterday, where it is definitely one of the few games that does feel very next-gen. I know a lot of games... I mean, we're, what, three years in, two and a half years into the life cycle, and there's maybe a handful of games, if even that, that really do truly feel next-gen. I do think that Hogwarts Legacy, the fidelity it runs at, because I'm I'm running it on um, the high fidelity. I know, excuse me, I know Mark's running it on normal performance and I haven't had any issues and I think visually it looks great and I know you said that you picked the performance one just so it looks a tad bit better and I think I might go to that even thinking about it just because the combat's not as quick so I don't feel like above 60 frame rates is really necessary but this, yeah, this is definitely one of those games that makes you that makes you be like, oh, this is why I bought a PS5. Yeah, just and now they're readily available. That's true, they are if you want to go get one. The game is not physical though if you want to. It's pretty much sold out everywhere but the in terms of the graphics modes, it was because on the screen where you pick them, I selected performance and then I went to check the one you're talking about, uh, HFR performance. And when I selected that, you know, my screen blinks because it changes resolutions. But I could tell that the circle and the cross button at the bottom like didn't even look as nice. So I was like, if I can tell that right here, then let me just go ahead and switch back. Um, and that's, I think, I'm running it on performance. And Liz is actually playing the game as well. She's much further in it than I am. And she's running it on performance as well. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a family affair. Everybody loves the fat hog. And then how's Dead Space going? I haven't played it since. It's been a minute for me, but how are you progressing in it? I am at chapter five. I'm not progressing as fast as I would like to. I haven't had as much time to play it, but I'm at chapter five. It is a fucking fantastic game. The game is definitely starting to ratchet up its difficulty. I am playing it just on hard, just for fun. I'm not even doing the impossible Thing, which thinking about it now is kind of dumb so i should take advantage of the impossible glitch but i'm already in this playthrough so let's just you know power through so yeah i, I bumped it up to hard because when i first started playing the game it was pretty easy on normal and then now the difficulty's coming is is definitely ratcheting up uh got introduced to the brutes so that's fun they're fucking scary they look great and um oh and they i got to the first part of the game where they changed something drastically from the original Interesting. Which is interesting. I got to, you know, like the hall mission where oh, you like where you get. Well, I would say let's take it easy. Was, yeah, but I would say let's take it bad. easy. But no, 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 you're good. I'm Do you just, know this? I'm sure. Or, I don't, well, no, 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 it's not for me. I'm more so saying. Okay. I'm more so saying let's table it just because even though it might be a change for me and you, 
there are a lot of people who haven't played Dead Space because it's, you know, a decent amount of time. I mean, it was like, what, World. like 15 years ago? So I'm just saying I don't want to ruin it for some, for those people. And since the game is pretty recent, I would just say, okay, maybe don't say All like right, a big so change. Then, so I got to the first part where something changed from the original game. And I liked it because what was originally in the game was annoying as fuck because there was a trophy tied to it, which is also really fucking annoying. In the I know game. what you're talking so, about, then, just so you know. So, exactly. Yeah. So they changed it and they made it much more difficult, like easy, but like, and I like Modern. the way, like the changes make sense. It like, it's really cool. You get to explore like a different side of the ship than I don't think you've ever You never explored. Did. You never, yeah, you, you like it's very cool. I don't want to say much more because I don't want to spoil yeah. anything else about the game. But it, it was very cool. It's a new look at the ship and just kind of a new kind of area in general that you never really played around with in the original. So yeah, I'm up to. I've just got passed with chapter three from Dead Space, but it's been a minute since I've picked it up, and I know what part you're talking about just because you said annoying. So it's like there's one section in the game that stands out <laughs> as being annoying. It's something that you know people who played it a long time ago will remember. So it's nice that we could communicate that without being too, you know, descriptive for anyone who hasn't played it or is thinking about picking it up, which we highly recommend. And it is the it was the top selling game in January. <laughs> Just under Modern Warfare. Yeah. And then also, I, I, was it annoying in general? Or I remember it being annoying for me because of the trophy tied to it. I think it's looked at as an annoying section because I have heard various people online also say annoying talking about the regular version, not the new one. Mm, maybe I, also maybe I think it might have been like inverse or something. There was something like weird about it. Yeah. In particular, but I forgot. But. Yeah, I did see that too, that it was the best-selling new game behind Modern Warfare. So, I mean, yeah, I think that this is going to do great. And hopefully this, you know, they remake Dead Space 2. And hopefully they make Dead Space a new kind of thing. Like, it doesn't have to follow exactly the the sequel. Or maybe make Dead Space 1 and 2 remakes kind of like in the style of the RE remakes where it's like basically the same thing, change up, but maybe if one or two things, but kind of modernize it and then that's really it. But it like the core bones are still there and then maybe finally make dead space three a good game that'd be fun or just change a completely, completely different one yeah because dead space three had some fundamental stuff they would have to change but that's you know yeah. that's somewhere later down the line somewhere <laughs> later down the line i'm sure they will get to that especially coming off the success of this they they won't stop for no reason yeah but um i see that you've been you told me actually the other day that you uh you picked up a Interesting game off the PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Stars uh, buy list. Yeah, so PlayStation PlayStation Stars has me hooked, as everyone who listens knows. <laughs> and so, a top tip for me is just they do uh, monthly picks for games that you know you'll get extra bonus points if you purchase. Now, a lot of times the games that end up on this list are games that both me and Joel have. So I got burned last month because I bought some bullshit ass game called Blacklight. Do not recommend. <laughs> but Something my kind of tip here is what I was going to say is when you see this list, do not purchase early because if you wait, a lot of times what's on that list will go on sale as this month has proven. The game that we're talking about here is a game called Norco. It was regularly 15 bucks, so not expensive, but it did go on sale. So I picked it up for $8. I know it won awards last year and it is described as a Southern Gothic point and click adventure inspired by like tech horror. Um, really interesting, really good game so far. I think I put about three hours into it. I finished the first act. And when I was describing it to Joel, it gives me some 
Hotline Miami energy. What I mean by that is not the action, of course, because it's point and click, but the characters and the darkness in the characters makes me think of Hotline Miami, but it's really good. Um, really good game. Point and click games are fun too because trophy list is normally not too crazy. It's normally kind of just do these little miscellaneous things as you're playing. I'm not following a guide or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think I'll beat it and I'll probably go back and do the rest. Would highly recommend... Is there a platinum? Yeah, there's a platinum. Okay, that's the most important thing. So I would definitely recommend that. It's very good. It is scary. Not like jump scare scary, but it is creepy even for me. So if you're somebody who doesn't like creepy or dark stuff, I probably would not recommend it, but it is good. And then doing the rest of the campaigns, we know that there is a campaign right now for Destiny 2. Both There's two campaigns, one to just download Beyond Light and start it, and then there's also one to purchase the new campaign coming out, Lightfall. And so I downloaded Beyond Light, and I have been really, really enjoying Destiny 2, hopping back into it. Way back when, when it first came out, when it was the Red War campaign, me and Joel played a lot of it. And so my trophy list is mostly already done. And so one of the trophies that I needed to, to get done... I finished today and I was really happy to see that because it was kind of the last grind one to get out of the way. And then I just have to do some, some strikes, but for anyone who is interested in finishing their platinum, the info on this is the trophy that is to do 30 challenges is completely different from the way it was years ago. So if you're wondering how to do it now, just look at your map. There'll be a yellow icon with vendors who have challenges you just have to complete those, and that counts as your challenge. And a top tip is if you have three characters, you can do more challenges with each character because they're weekly. So if you don't want to wait, you can just switch oh. characters and do more challenges. But Destiny 2, really good. I'm not going to lie. I mean, if they keep me hooked in, I could see myself uh, falling for this campaign. Oh, okay. Light falling for the campaign, possibly. Yeah, it's good. And the the Beyond Light one is is more... There's like 35 missions. So it's like, oh, so there's a lot here. And I'm messing around with a lot of the side stuff, too. No trophies. Do we get access to the... There's no trophies? No trophies with the expansions, if that's what you're going to ask. No, that's not what I was going to ask, but that's a good... Thank you for informing me. That's a little disappointing to hear. But do we get access to Witch Queen? No. Beyond Light is okay. the campaign before Witch Queen, so they drop you in with Beyond Light, and then Witch Queen is the one after, Lightfall is the one releasing, and then I think Shadow Keep is the other one that is available if you want it. But Beyond Light is the only one they drop you in with if you're coming from PlayStation Plus. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard you talk about it, and I would like that. I mean, I would, we had a great time playing it when it did come out. I think Destiny's like combat obviously is fantastic with you know Bungie and their pedigree with the first person shooter genre as a whole. So definitely wouldn't mind getting back into it. What always was daunting was just kind of how disorganized it seems from the outside looking in. I'm pretty sure probably if you're like a Destiny head that it's very much more organized and clearly defined on what you can play and what you can do and whatever. But from the outside looking in. It's like, ah, oh, it's like a lot of campaigns. We have the right campaign. Like, there's my shit, like, already. Because uh, what did they do? Vault it. Yeah. It vaulted content. Like, you know. So. It's all about. From what you're saying, it sounds simple. It's, enough. Well, no, no, no. I was going to say, it's all about just going <laughs> in, knowing what you're going to do, right? Since I know I'm going in to complete these challenges, it's like I know where I'm going. If you're just going okay. in to, like, play it, you know, like, loosely, 
I mean, it, it would be extremely overwhelming because you're going to be met with a map with a bunch of different modes and then multiple planets. And what do all the planets do? This one is for this campaign. This one are for strikes. What's a strike? What is the Vanguard playlist? What is this multiplayer? So if you're just going in base and you don't know, it's a fucking lot. But it is. we played a lot of it. So we like you're going to probably pick up a lot of it naturally. However, again, it's only not overwhelming because I'm going in with a very specific, this is what I want to complete. If you're just going okay. in general, I mean, you could play that forever. There's so much to do in it. Ooh. But also, is, isn't the hub world different now? They changed like, even how the hub looks, right? Um, not not too much. Area? The tower is pretty much the same. But the map is okay. different and areas have, again, like you are saying, vaulted. Some areas come out, some areas come in, stuff like that. But again, I'm not too much of an expert on that kind of stuff. I could tell you a lot about specifics of what I've been playing, but the game is so broad that, you know, I have currencies. I don't know what the fuck they do. I have things I got to take to vendors. I don't know where the hell they are, but it doesn't matter. I got my trophy. And that's all that matters. Just put it out there right now. If I get this trophy and then I do my two strikes, boom, that's a platinum and boom, that's a double platinum because I put that baby on PS4. That's going to pop. Wow, you are a punk ass bitch. I'm not. Go that's ahead crazy. and get the platinum yourself. I'm just letting you know in advance. I will be doing that. That's crazy. Now, it was this a game we played crazy. on PS4. I know. I'm, I'm just saying it's crazy. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. It is what it is. I feel comfortable with that. And then the last thing is we have been playing Warzone because Season 2 came out yesterday. So I don't know how in-depth we want to go with that. I was actually thinking it may be interesting to have a little side episode or maybe a bonus episode of a Season 2 review with my brother. Well, that may or Ooh, may not happen. Fun. If people are interested, let us know. Just so that we don't, you know, take a huge portion of time here in the episode, we could briefly talk about what we think we like, dislike. But if you want a review, I think that that would be a nice thing to do. We could get him in here and have a, an episode. They can hear from him, and we can have a a four way. The Warzone Squad, a four meatball review. Sub. I think that would wow, be good. Four meatball sub. But um, I mean. What what are your top level? You've definitely spent more time with it yesterday. It's good. Securing the dub already in season two. Yeah, I would just say it's good. I mean, really simple blanket statement. I think that BR is what I focus on. So the changes they made to that, it's a little bit harder to die. You now have redeploy packs similar to redeploy tokens from Caldera. You have 1v1 lag back. You have a lot more cash. You always have three plates. Stuff like that, some more points of interest and some other changes. I like it. I think it's nice. I don't know about the whole overall kind of serving because I'm not really going to hop into MP or DMZ. And then the raids, I mean, those are basically fucking blocked off. No matchmaking and you need three people. I'm good. But uh, BR itself, I mean, I'm enjoying it, of course, also. I mean, we got the dub last night. It's it's always going to be fun when we're getting the dub. Shout out to our producer, Big Dog Joe, with the final kill. So slick that we didn't even know the game ended. He got the kill, and me oh, and really? Alex were looking around. We were like, oh, shit, all right, it's over. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of amazing. I'm I, I'm so stoked to have been a part of that. You can check it out on Twitter and... Uh, you know, yeah, it was great. It's fantastic. The gas was closing in. I used my RAL. I did exactly what, you know, Mark told me. He said, run, revive me, square X. None of that was available. So I shot and we killed and we won. We got on the chopper. It was great. I'm so happy. I was very happy about that. That's like the one thing that got me through last night. Like shout out to the OFA squadron. You guys are the best. 
Wonderful acceptance speech. That was a, that was a really good acceptance speech. You got the, got the award there. Yeah. I mean, it was great. You used the rally. And of course, with every season, there's meta changes. So I was kind of like thinking about what it would be and predictive, but I had a good time. Joel, what do you think about it in a, in a brief manner? Um, I think it's great. Had a heart heartbreaking second and then two thirds simultaneously. So, you know, top five finishes, but did not secure it uh, with the early Warzone squad before Joe was joining. And Joe's Joe is the secret sauce, you know. He brings something different to the game, and specifically, he brings he brings the the fifth grader lobbies as Alex coined yesterday, which is fucking f- uh, fantastic. And uh, you know, when it's me, Mark, and Alex, this top tier does diamond tier right there. So it's a little bit harder, but you know, we'll eventually get it. Hopefully, we get all four of us on there. We can get the dub, but. Yeah, like you said, I think uh, something to touch on that you didn't mention, I just feel like overall the game kind of sped up in terms of like the gameplay. Not that like they, it runs fast or anything, but like people are moving quicker, you get money quicker, you're advancing quicker, you're, lo- you're um, you know, gearing up a lot faster. So it kind of feels a little bit more like they're in- injecting that resurgence energy. I know you mentioned that they made it more like resurgence, so... As of right now, I don't hate it. I actually like it a lot. It's it's kind of giving me a little bit more uh, optimism for Warzone as a whole thing. Yeah, it's it's definitely nice, and yeah, I do think it's a little bit more like Resurgence. And I agree, the optimism is nice. There are a couple of little tangential things I'll just mention outside of it. Oh. Is what we got to talk about the the buys? Oh the yeah, you're right. That was that's why we didn't win a game. That is why we didn't. Get, okay, I mean, if you want, go ahead and share that. That is an awful change. That's true. I forgot about that. One of the worst movies. So there is, yeah, there is one of this is one of the worst changes I've seen in Warzone and any Warzone update ever. So um, we were we were basically sandwiched in this position. And uh, what was it? What's that part of the map called? Sadiq, the castle. Uh, uh, it's like I mean I'm gonna butcher the name, but it's like Octar Village, I think. Octar Village. We were on the edges where you can like walk like around the whole perimeter of it. And we were basically sandwiched in between two teams. They called them order strike. We jumped down. Mark got caught and he got down killed. I was alive. The gas was like right on us. And then um the gas was go- was about to close and then Mark was like he knew I had a durable, a durable. So he was like, You have enough time to go into the gas. And Previous to this update, you were able to, in every single war zone, go into the gas and do whatever the fuck you wanted at the buy. You could buy teammates, buy gas masks, buy UAV, buy whatever the fuck you wanted. But for some reason in this new update, they they disabled buy stations that are in the gas. So I ran all the way there, hoping that, you know, uh, my mask might break, but Mark made the right or made a smart, like, you know, observation. Just buy a new mask when you're there, just so that way you can make it back out. He would have came in. And we would have won and secured the dub. What happened was I fucking died in the gas. And then Alex just was, I don't even know what his situation was. Cause I was like dying in the gas the whole time it happened. Mark was spectating. He was doing his best. Alex was, you know, going down fighting. He was taking people with him, but it was definitely bullshit. And I think that they did it because they made the economy where you have so much cash. Now. I mean, I had a game yesterday where I had 70,000, which Damn. is fucking ridiculous, but I don't think that closing the buy station and the gas is the way to solve that. If you're introducing so much cash where you think people are going to abuse it out there, then then you probably shouldn't be making that kind of a cash increase in the first place. But also, gas masks are limited. So I don't know. I think the only thing maybe 
that and I know I mean anyway it's a dumb change if you had, had self though I can see you scamming it that way that's true because there's infinite had, selves yeah so well they should dumb. they need to think about that so they'll get on that but the kind of tangential things I was going to mention is number one we know that it's felt at least before this season there was like a drought of content I know there was a report that came out of Activision saying that everyone who kind of works on Call of Duty will need to be returning to the offices full time at some point. And I wonder if that's because they're like, you know what? This shit has not been working. Y'all motherfuckers need to come <laughs> back in. So that's one. And then number two is a rumor that we might have touched on before. Again, it's a rumor at the moment, but we heard talking of the 2023 expansion not being an expansion and just being a full release, which I feel weird about. I feel a little cheated I feel like they were trying to sell us a two-year game with a lot of post-content. And if they do another full release, that'll be a little strange. And I think the rumor is that it would just be Modern Warfare 3. So continuing the campaign where 2 ended off on and just going straight into that. And it would be a sledgehammer game. That's weak. It's weak sauce right there. I don't like that at all. But we can discuss that at some point if we get more news about it. And if you are interested, like we said, if you want to hear a Warzone review or something like that in depth, we would be glad to do that for you. Just let us know. You can hit us up on any of our socials. You can do it on YouTube. You can comment. You can leave a review. Put it there. Anywhere that you find it easy, you can get in touch with us and let us know. But I'm ready to get into the news if you are. I'm super ready. Super ready. So something that... Super hot. Super hot. Play that in VR. VR 2 is coming out soon if it's not already out. Very interested in that. Um, But side note, anyway, something that me and Joel were talking about on the side very recently before we wrote the show was when we were talking about PlayStation Plus games, where the fuck were the extra games? Where were the premium games? We're already halfway through the month. Last month in January, the games came out on the 17th. We're recording right now on the 16th. And so I think the Cosmos heard us. Bitch again complaining. So (laughs) if you want something, just complain about it. And so we now have the confirmed list of the extra and premium games for the month. And they are as followed. For PlayStation Plus Extra, you're getting Horizon Forbidden West, The Quarry, Resident Evil 7, Outriders, Scarlet Nexus, Borderlands 3, Tekken 7, Ace Combat 7, Earth Defense Force 5, Onanaki, Lost Sphere, I Am Setsuna, The Forgotten City. Everyone play that. That was in my top games of last year. Even though it came out in 21, highly recommend The Forgotten City and then Destroy All Humans. Now, for the PlayStation Plus Premium Classic games, we're getting The Legend of Dragoon, Wild Arms 2, and Harvest Moon Back to Nature, which Joel has said if it has trophies, he is all over that. I'm very excited for Harvest Moon. If it has trophies, I'll be very, very... Very excited about that because that's also probably because also I don't know. I mean, I know you notice because you notice these things, but the PlayStation Plus uh, premium classic games got all have relatively pretty easy lists for Platinums. They do. And they're even made even more easy by having the rewind feature, which I know you were playing the pinball game. And I was like, don't forget about that, because I wasted a lot of time doing the Fat Princess pinball board. When I could have just, I could have just used the rewind feature to whenever I was about to lose a ball, just rewind it. You call it cheating, call it whatever you want. It's in there. I'm going to use it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Harvest Moon having a nice, like, relatively easy platinum. That sounds fun to play and just uh, fuck around with. But I'm, I'm really happy about that. Now we have Ace Combat Seven, so we can fly in the sky with Joe. Because I know Joe is big fan of Ace Combat Seven and loves flying around and. And the fighter jets, all that Top Gun Maverick. Do you know there's exactly. a Top Gun Maverick expansion for that? Are you serious? Yeah, That's there is. Awesome. I totally, I totally have it. 
I totally I'm about to say, did it. you buy it? Oh, absolutely. It was like on sale. It was like 15 bucks, but you get so many planes and the planes are like souped up too. So it's just killer, man. I really love it. I wish I could have that thing on like VR. I would get down on that. On I VR wouldn't be that surprised if they did that. I don't, can you going, get... It's like made for VR. It, I think it's going to be one of the PS5 VR releases. Would you play it with a flight stick? Yeah, if yeah. I could. Either way. So either way, I mean, so with the with that in hand, you know, just having that VR experience, I could do it like that. That's fine. I would ultimately want a flight stick, but like, yeah, I could do it with a controller and look around. It'd be cool. Like you look over the side and just, oh, correct me if I'm wrong Cruise here. Right there. Correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Just you make pl- out with Tom Cruise. Give him a little- you play inverted yeah. in general, right? Yes. That is crazy that to me. That explains everything. I mean, it's that awesome. Super Nintendo Star Fox. Yeah. All right. Well, for flying, I understand inverted, but you do like regular activities inverted. <laughs> like in your everyday life, you just do everything inverted. Everything. I, I feel like people who That's play games I inverted, I feel like, you know, like those random things where it's like, if you do this, you're a sociopath. If you play inverted, you are a sociopath. Yeah, you're just living on That's... a different plane of reality if you're playing games That's inverted. Me. Yeah, I do the look inverted, all of it inverted. But that, that means so much. Maybe that's why you're missing in Warzone. You're trying to go hey, off. Hey, hey, all right, down. relax. I, right? I didn't yeah, miss yeah. last night. Yeah, he didn't miss last night. That's what I was going to say. Take it easy. You're talking to a uh, game closer a game right winner. here. Game winner. Yeah. But right, relax. I think it's a really good list of plus games. I think now we're kind of getting confirmation of what we had suspected, where PlayStation is probably going to be giving their marquee releases a year after. Because Horizon Forbidden West came out in February of last year. So if that's to be expected, I mean, that's pretty solid. You know, they're going to get their sales out of it and put it on extra a year after. So you can look for Ragnarok probably in fall. And if you don't have Ragnarok and you're curious, um, the premium tier does have a trial for Ragnarok. So shout out to that as well. Yeah. Um, But what did you think about Horizon Forbidden West being a part of the extra? Because I feel like it's kind of causing a little little hullabaloo. People are like, oh, it's coming early. A lot of people... Horizon Forbidden West was just a weird game in general last year, how it was covered by the media and, and how fans reacted to it. Where it's this game that had great commercial success, great critical success, but then the player, like the the gamer, uh, pr- um, reaction to it was kind of like, kind of meh. Like some people loved it, obviously, but then some a lot of people were like, "This is kind of more of the same." And some people were just like, "This is not my thing," especially with Elden Ring being around. Like, do you think that this is a special case for Horizon Forbidden West? Because I can see Ragnarok being held out a little bit longer or like a Spider-Man two being held out a little bit longer than a year. No, I think, I think my guess, my prediction early prediction is going to be that it, it will be a year after for all titles. I think that they did that with, well, I guess we'll have to see with GT. Yeah. We'll have to see with GT. So we'll see with GT and then we'll get a better understanding of it. But I think it's fair because a year after the people who wanted to play it and buy it already did. And the, mm-hmm. there's not going to be pe- for these really large titles like that. People are not going to wait a year to be like, oh, well, I'll get it for free in a year. Okay. You want to wait a year to play Ragnarok and you think that you're not going to have it ruined for you. It's not going to happen. So I think PlayStation is really smart. They're going to get all their sales still fine and then they'll give it out on extra a year later. I think it's a really smart way to do it. Yeah. It adds value to the, to the content or to their like, uh, service and it also encourages people that 
our new adopters of the PlayStation Five, which you know that is. I don't know. Was it like an announcement made by PlayStation or was it just like no. the websites being like, oh, PlayStation 5s are now finally readily available, but PlayStation 5s are pretty are relatively easy now to get your hands on. And now if you just got into it and now you have this new uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, you can play one of the biggest games from last year. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I think I think it's very good. It's a it's a good release. I don't feel like it harms the title. If anything, it helps it because there are people who don't even want to be on subscriptions, but this will give it that, you know, extra wind to mm-hmm. put back in its sales. Be like, hey, guys, don't forget this game exists. And then you can either play it on the plus subscription. You can buy it yourselves if you want. And then also now that you're here, just letting you know, Burning Shores comes out in April. So I think it's good yeah. to just have an extra pop a year later. I mean, it's really only going to help them. Definitely. And then also the plus premium games, the PlayStation 1 games we got here with Legend, Dra- Legend of Legend of Dragoon, Wild Arms 2, and Harvest Moon. I think those are three solid premium like games. If they can have that consistently going for each month, like at least three high-quality PlayStation 1 games, I think that that's a good kind of bare minimum we can expect from playstation i think so i totally agree my only request would be that the timing of the announcement and release would be a little bit better i think middle of the month to announce is bad it should be you should be doing essential extra and premium at the same time i guess i understand if they want to be in the news twice but that's i i guess I maybe it's very confusing the way they do it currently yeah it's like every time like playstation plus games announced and then it's like only essential that's the thing and too is because like, these are okay so for february they're confirmed i don't know when they release but also i'm sure that information is out there i'm not saying like you can't find it but my point is is them announcing it this late i'm like okay well am i gonna get this at the end of the month why not are these really the march games i always think of the games of the month as first week of the month this is what will be available mm-hmm. to you yeah, I agree. That is a little weird. I feel like they need. I I think what you're saying is right. Where they're trying to get like the the double pop with like oh these uh, essential extra whatever. But I think it would make more sense if you just kind of announced them at the same time, have them released the same first Tuesday of the month. Yeah, I totally agree. But I think that they'll either I don't know they'll remedy that or some something will happen. We'll learn more because I don't think people in general will be happy with that being the case. But there are a lot of games coming out, and so something to kind of push on here is Dead Island 2 has gone gold and will release a week early. Now, obviously, it's been delayed a shit ton of time, so releasing early really would have been like years ago, <laughs> but it's a, it's a nice, you know, to put some positivity on it. So Dead Island 2 will now be released on April 21st on PS5 and PS4. will be releasing on Xbox and PC as well. The game has gone gold, but I wanted to mention that even though they said it in kind of an exciting announcement, hey, it's finished. We're going to release it a week early. I think the analysis here is really that Star Wars Jedi Survivor recently got a delay and was delayed to April 28th, which was Dead Island 2's original date. And so I think they're probably moving it a week forward so they're get out of the way. That would be my guess. I mean, yeah, that's 1000% what they did because Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is going to be a massive game when it drops and it would have just like definitely shadowed Dead Island 2 if they released at the same time. I wonder what even I wonder how badly it's going to cannibalize its um, the copy sold just even being within a week of each other. But obviously moving up ahead was a smart move for Dead Island 2 to get the most pop it can and get at least a week of media coverage that it that it controls. It's the new hot game for at least, you know, four or five days and then 
Star Wars Jedi Survivor reviews will start dropping, and I'll probably be switching over to being the main narrative. But I mean, I hope Dead Island Two is great. Um, the only thing that could be a little concerning is releasing a week early. Is just it could possibly be a little more buggy on release. But like you said, they've been working on this game for so many years that like you, they they need to stick the landing, and it needs to come out like I. It needs to come out good, but I think it also and, and also not as buggy, but it, a little bit of bug, a little bit of jank is kind of what Dead Island's charm is, so I wouldn't hate it completely. No, and a, a week, a theoretically a week shouldn't make a huge difference, but I hope it's good as well. I know we're starting to get some character release trailers. I'm honestly kind of sticking away from them for the playable characters just because I think I watched one and it was a little bit cringy, but it's not what I'm there <laughs> for. I'm just going to be there to have fun kill zombies level up that kind of stuff we played uh, all of the dead island games and well not all of them there are one or two that are exceptionally shitty when i mean all of them i mean one (laughs) and riptide and those ones are shitty but not exceptionally shitty those ones are a good time for us (laughs) shout out to the jason easter egg i remember in dead island one he was like in the forest anyway so with dead island i think that one week like you're saying is good you know it's gonna probably hurt some of its sales for sure that star wars comes out a week later but a week is enough time that it'll be in the limelight and people will buy it and even if they don't play it that's not really what dan buster studios is going to care about you made the purchase good so one week early um good for them i'm excited for when it comes out you know more games just hope it's going to be good i don't really have any reason to be negative and so That'll be a good time. I know we're getting a lot of news about stuff kind of finishing up and and getting going. So kind of moving right along here, Alan Wake 2 is now playable from start to finish according to Remedy. So Remedy has come out and confirmed that Alan Wake 2 is playable from start to finish and they'll now work on placing the rest of the content in and polishing it. They also confirmed that their sales of Alan Wake Remastered underperformed to what they wanted. However, their confidence sales will increase when the sequel is imminent, which I mean makes sense. You yeah. haven't played the Remastered, have you? I played like a little bit of it, but then I kind of fell off it. I don't know. And then it, I want I, I want to play it. I'm definitely going to play it and finish it before the sequel comes out because I do want to play the sequel and at least like you know understand the world and the lore behind it. But I don't know. I feel like the Alan Wake remaster came out and I and I think most people that played it that played the original were like, oh, this is not as good as I thought it was. Yeah, I mean that's definitely fair. Mm-hmm. I never played it back in the day, but I played it now and I enjoyed it, but. It was one of those games where I thought it was good, but I really didn't think there was anything that special about it. I thought the gameplay itself was fine. The world itself was pretty interesting, but the way that it ended and some of the story beats really just didn't click with me. So I don't know. I think, yeah, it underperformed, but it feels very much a game of that time, but not really translating super well to modern day. But it was good. It was good. I'm not saying it wasn't. I finished it all the way through. So does Alan Wake have a release date? No release the date. The second one? No, they, okay, they're, so yeah. they're still saying that, you know, they're going to be putting their heads down and finishing working on it, but they're just kind of coming out now saying that it's playable from start to finish. You think we can get this out in October? I feel like it's possible. For spooky seasons? I mean... it's supposed to be more horror Yeah, game, they I believe, did say right? it's supposed to be survival horror. I wouldn't put it past it. You know, it's... 
it's tough to know now because we had Hi-Fi Rush come out as a just shadow drop. And then we had Nintendo come out and do Metroid Prime Remaster as a shadow drop. So I don't know. And then even Naughty Dog separately, you know, over on the PlayStation side is saying that they want to announce games or like show them much closer to launch. So who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. they're saying this now. It's really hard to guess, especially when we have some games that have a really short window from when they're announced to come out. And then we have others that will span like a whole decade. So I don't know. I would hope so. I think that it would fit nicely in October. I think that it would stand on its own as being the survival horror game of the year at the moment that is original and new. Because right now we have yeah. Dead Space, Resident Evil 4, and Silent Hill 2. If this comes out, though, hey, you no know, one's played this. Like, this is original. I mean, I think that's a good selling point. I feel like it's a good year to do that. Definitely. At least you would stand out from those three. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, of course, you're going to boost some sales for the remaster right before it comes out. I think that makes sense, too. I think they might have just released that remaster a little early. I think, yeah, the timing was a little off, I feel like, with the remaster release. I think they want, I think originally they probably had it where they came out probably within a year of each other is what I would think you would want to do. Kind of, you know, you already get it in your mind. It's been out for a year. Then you go and play the game. But with them saying that they're confident that the sequel, when it re- when they announced that release date, that the sales will go up, probably means they're not going to like do the shadow drop, which would be cool to do the shadow drop. But who knows? Yeah, because it seems like with that, like with that, uh, wor- like verbiage, it makes it seem like there's going to be a like you know a traditional rollout of like trailers and interviews and yada yada. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things where, you know, we we know that they're working on Control 2 as well. And there's also a Control multiplayer game. So, and they're also working with Rockstar, I believe, on Max Payne remakes. So, I bring all got that up. a lot up. of shit going on. Yeah, they got a lot of shit going on. And they're not necessarily a massive studio. So, they got a lot of shit going on. But I also bring that up because I don't know if you have anything else to say about Alan Wake. If not... There's another company that's been doing the same exact thing, and it's been problematic for them. Uh, no, I, I wanted the only thing I have to say is I just want Alan Wake Two to come out so we can get Control Two. Yeah, I agree. I want Control Two definitely. So moving right along here is that we have a lot of kind of separate Ubisoft news, but I'm tying it in here because Ubisoft CEO Yves Gimel has basically come out and said that you know there's been a lot of delays and cancellations recently and he said in an investor call that it's because they're trying to handle too many projects at the same time he was talking about how it's important to cancel some products because they need to shift support to the products they feel are currently developing well and they also need teams to support post-launch content so i'm mentioning that because if if Remedy is working on too many projects at the same time you're not going to get any of them out and so I don't like that's not it's a kind of a flawed plan. You need a staggered release, I think. So it's smarter to focus on some and put all of your effort into kind of one at a time or maybe less at a time. So back with Ubisoft, currently what they have coming out in between April 2023 and March 24. Currently, we know of Assassin's Creed Mirage, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Tom Clancy's The Division Resurgence, The Crew Motorfest, and Skull and Bones. Now, Isgamal said that. The Crew Motorfest was not the large game that they said was unannounced. We thought it was Ooh. because the timing was really bang, bang on that. I mean, they said, oh, hey, we've got one big unannounced title. And then the following week, they were like, here's the Crew Motorfest. So if it's not that, I'm interested. But 
it's it's uh it's cool right more games i mean i guess it's not bad but again more games right i guess give and take you know you want them to fucking finish them you don't want them to just be announcing them and then they don't come out exactly uh he also went on record saying i think this was a part of the same call he was saying that if e3 happens he'll be glad to be there and that they have a lot of things to show now he kind of said it as an if like he doesn't show a lot of confidence in it we already know that xbox is doing their own thing and playstation and nintendo are not showing up so E3 hasn't really formed yet, and it's not that far away. But I'm curious what he's saying. They have a lot to show. And if E3 doesn't happen, where they would put it? I would assume they're either going to put it at Summer Games Fest or maybe they would hold it until later. I don't know what their last kind of like big release is or this unannounced title. I don't really have an idea either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know either because, yeah, I definitely thought it was the Crew Motor Fest. Maybe they can like been working on far cry it's not far cry six right is it far it's cry seven six? it would be seven far cry seven maybe they maybe they're like oh we're a lot more further with that thing we then you know we let on or something like that but yeah um i mean i'm i would love for ubisoft to get its shit together because when they are working at a crisp rate and focusing on the few projects that actually matter they make good games it's just i feel like as of recent they've been announcing so much so many games, so many projects, and like nothing is really coming to fruition outside of Assassin's Creed and The Division, basically. Because there's been like three like Tom Clancy games I feel like that have been announced and like basically canceled. The Skull and Bones, they, he was talking about he wants to invest in products that he knows are going to make sense. Why the fuck is Skull and Bones still around? If you're talking about you need to cancel shit when it's like you realize it's not working. So that doesn't even make any sense to me when he said that. And then also the Watchdog series kind of just. They just shit it out. The last one and that people didn't really fuck with that. And I don't know. Ubisoft is in a weird spot. I do want them to get their shit together. This Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game. Uh, you know, hopefully this is like their, that's their next big hit that gets them on the right track. Yeah, and no, I agree. I mean, and again, well, I thought one of their projects that they would cancel is this next one I'm going to talk about is X Defiant. So I thought that would have mm-hmm. been one of the projects on the chopping block but i guess it wasn't and they announced that this weekend there is a cross play test for it so the play test will take place this weekend uh starting today the 16th and ending on the 20th participants will be able to sample four game modes across 13 maps including a battle including a battleground called pueblito which is set in the fictional region of yara from far cry 6 exafine is a free-to-play arena first-person shooters and participants can sign up on next-gen hardware playstation 5 xbox series and pc so if you remember when they first announced this this was a tom clancy title and since then they've taken off the tom clancy name and they've made the factions more I don't want to say generic, but they're other Ubisoft IPs. So there's Far Cry mixed in there. I'm assuming there's going to be other stuff mixed in from other Ubisoft. So I don't know. It's one of those things where it's a free to play and there's a play test. So I signed up for it. If they get back to me or I get it, I'll play it, even if it's just for a little bit. But it's just tough for these games to survive because we've talked about Rumbleverse shutting down and Knockout City shutting down. And then also something that's been in the headlines this week, which I didn't write up as uh, covering it in detail, but Multiverses has hit its uh, its player count, its concurrent player count is 99% down from its launch week. So it's Yikes, just, it's just another one. And I mean, that was another one where I, I did enjoy it. I mean, for sure I did, but it's... When you base it on 
needing people to play it all the time. I feel like that's a hard metric to go by. Like I'm sure Super Smash has periods of time where I'm not saying there's times where no one's playing it, but what I'm trying to say is that I'm sure there are periods where less people are playing it, but it doesn't mean people don't like it. It just means like, Hey, there wasn't something big recently dropped from it. So I don't know. I think it's a weird expectation to think people are going to be playing these games actually every day. And there's so many of them. Now, X yeah, Defiant, I'm saying, like, dude, the main ones. Yeah, because X Defiant, like, that's going to come and go. I mean, I'm glad, I yeah, guess, that they at, didn't uh, cancel it. Sorry, I keep talking over you. You're looking at it? I'm looking at it now, and, and I forgot that this is the one that everybody said looks like Black Ops 3. Yeah, that's when why it I, first was released. I was really surprised that this wasn't one of the canceled projects. I was like, this if they, because they got rid of the Tom Clancy. I think Frontline was the Battle Royale that they showed a trailer for, announced it, and then they cut it because negative reception. And I was this X Defiant was the same way. So I'm surprised that this one is making it through. It must just be further down the line. But regardless, they stripped the Tom Clancy name away from it. Maybe that could make it more fun, though, not being locked in a Tom Clancy universe like a Ubisoft I, I think fucking Battle Royale. I agree. Rayman in there. I mean, I think, That'd okay, you're going to do a map from Far Cry 6. I'm interested. Going wacky is not necessarily the wrong way. Going wacky is not the wrong way as long as it's not Fortnite wacky and generic art style. I think unique is also like using your strength. So the fact that they're going to use their own IP, I like. Yeah, I definitely do like that. So then they definitely, again, just visually looking different helps too. Um, the bright colors do, do give me a little bit of genericness vibe because it, the, Bright colors also remind me of the New Dawn. Um, yeah, is it Far Cry? Yeah, New Dawn. Yeah, New Dawn. Like the nuclear. Yeah, so that's not that's not a you I know mean, that's not a great the game's memory to have. The game's probably gonna something. suck, but it's free. It's free. I want you know I want a good game to I want a game to be good, obviously, but I also would like a new uh, multiplayer game that like you know pops off when they pop off, even for like a month, even multiverses. Now it's fucking plummeted. Nobody's playing it, but just for like the, a month, like you know, two three weeks, you're having a good time playing something new. It never hurts. Yeah, I agree. It never hurts. I feel like just maybe I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure they're working on figuring it out, but obviously the way the free to play structure and thinking everyone's going to get a season pass and all this shit is obviously not working. So they got to figure that out. Because I mean, like Splitgate was a, a great time. I mean, we haven't gone back to it, but. It's nice that like it's it there. I wouldn't. Fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. I wouldn't want it to shut down. I like the availability of just being able to go play it. But there's going to be so many games, and so there's not going to be enough space for all of them. It just depends how that how they sell or how they structure themselves. Mm-hmm. Which again, this is a separate company now, but. This is again, I think this is a, an approach that we're seeing a lot that worries me, but I hope that the products that come out of it are good. So let me just get into it. Basically, I'm being vague here to say that another headline basically came up. Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal are expected to release five AAA games by March 2028 by their parent company, Embracer. So Lars, I'm going to butcher this name, Vingerfors? That's what I'm going to say. The CEO of Embracer has said that he expects five AAA releases together from Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal by March 2028. He defines AAA titles as titles with over 100 full-time devs at the peak of development. At the moment, there is Perfect Dark, Tomb Raider, a new DSX, and a potentially new IP from the DSX team. 
Embracer has also said that they consider they're considering you know sequels, remakes, remasters, spinoffs, yada yada yada, uh, from existing Crystal and Eidos IPs, which. I don't really see that line as being like a positive, but okay. Right. But that's just going to get more out. So uh, worth yeah. noting, Crystal also sent out a survey back in November about Legacy of Kane, which they've said they've had wonderful reception. But I mean, it's just cool for them to send out a survey. Now, five titles, if they release five titles in this time frame, it would mean that they've sped up since the last five years, which included Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Avengers, and Guardians. So they'd have to be making two more AAA releases in the same amount of time. Now, overall, not just Crystal. Now, Crystal's kind of been hitting a little bit of a... You know, I mean, they're kind of shutting down Avengers. They're working on Perfect Dark. And Eidos is doing a little bit better, right? They did Guardians and they did Shadow of the Tomb Raider. But Eidos isn't even working on the next Tomb Raider, I don't believe. Right? Because that's coming out from... Amazon or and just Crystal, I think. Yeah, Amazon. Amazon's publishing it, and Crystal is developing it. Yeah. So now this is just Crystal and Idos. What I wanted to do is I read further into it, and I wanted to expand it because looking at the bigger picture here, he was saying that Embracer itself plans on releasing thirty-one AAA titles Jesus. by March thirty-first, twenty-twenty-eight, which is a, a, I mean. That's a crazy number to try to hit. Now, the crazier thing is how they broke it down. And just listen to how ridiculous this is. In addition to the five games from Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, eight will come from Gearbox, 11 from Saber, six from PlayOn, and one from THQ Nordic. Four are expected to be released during Embracer's next fiscal year, with seven to eight released each year thereafter. 17 of these games are in full production, nine are in pre-production, and five are in the concept phase. 24 will be published internally, 28 will be developed internally, 23 are based on owned IP, 24 are based on established IP, seven are based on new IP, and only six of the 31 have been announced to date. How the fuck is anyone supposed to read that and follow that? That sounds like insanity. Yeah, it means that nothing. It also sounds like unrealistic. Yeah, it sounds unrealistic. It does, I bet you half of those games don't even come out. No. But uh, Embracer has big Mad Cats energy for me right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a good call. Definitely. Throwback. Mad Cats is the... A lot of Mad Cats energy. Yeah. For those who don't know, Mad Cats made shitty third-party controllers. But I feel like they always pumped out like a new one. They're like, this is a new colorway. This is a new. It's a fucking PlayStation controller, but the control, but the sticks are offsided like an Xbox controller. Here's an Xbox controller. They're parallel. We had here's one that's clear. Here's one that's red. We had a crystal blue Mad Cat's controller. I remember. I think it was wireless. It was for the PS2, and it being wireless was its like big feature. I think yeah, Mad Cat's definitely Mad Cat's peak was PS2, GameCube original xbox air because yeah they were able to with the first like wireless controllers all the memes of you getting the shitty controller when you go over to the friend's house it was a mad cat yeah. controller that's what they're talking about but yeah i agree it sounds like a scattershot too many projects now i know embracer is more of the one that kind of goes over them so they themselves are not necessarily handling all these projects but i mean eight from gearbox sounds like a lot are all of those going to be like borderlands games but yeah you know what i mean it's like i I feel like I feel like it's bad to put an expected number by a certain period of time because I feel like that would stifle creativity. 
If you're going to be like, hey, we need this amount of releases, they're going to be forced to make bullshit just to get it out. It, like, it gives me Madcast energy. It also gives me Game Pass energy. Not to shit on Game Pass, but... It's okay if you do. I mean, they've been shitting on Game Pass. Xbox has been shitting on Game Pass, so I think it's fair play. Yeah, yeah so Xbox has been shitting on Game Pass, saying that it's basically cannibalized the opportunity to sell games on the Xbox marketplace, which, duh. But, um, but yeah, it's like that Game Pass energy, like the whole, like, Netflix, any subscription where it's like, and, th- and this is they're selling individual products. This is what makes this even worse. Where it's like, there's so much stuff. Give us money because we're giving you a lot of stuff. And it's like, I prefer a, like a limited amount of quality stuff and an abundance of shit. And that's kind of what Embracer's kind of going down the path of just like we're gonna over we're gonna overwhelm the market with so many games that we're gonna sell games. But then if you have ten games in each cell, like you know oh yeah 250,000 copies to 500,000 copies i mean that's still not profitable instead of having one game that sells like 10 million so so i'm glad that you actually brought up sales numbers he also said that in defining triple a anything triple a they expect 2 million sold okay that's reasonable that's reasonable but not for this many titles that's reasonable if it's a quality game that is correct like, but um but yeah for this i mean but destroy humans isn't triple a so if they pump out those type of games those that's like double a yeah i don't think i don't know if they would because yeah i mean if it meets their parameters and it's budget too they didn't even release it at 70 or 60 yeah that's true i don't know like i said it's it's what's he's defining it as because there's not really a mm-hmm. definition of what a triple a title is so mm-hmm. it could be bs but it's one of those things right it's all it's all talk. He's just schmoozing, you know, be like, we got 31 games. So many games. Only six of them are announced. So theoretically, 15 could get canceled. So we don't know. It's just one of those things. We got to play it. We just got to see how it goes. Yeah, this sounds more like a sales pitch to get more investment in the company than anything. Well, again, smooth transitions. We got with that. There's, you know, a lot, we get a lot of the sales pitching from new places. And so we kind of said at the top of the show that there are new studios coming out. And so we'll get to them in a second here with some new studios coming out. But I wanted to mention Nacon because we brought them up when we were talking about the crew motor fest, when it was announced and how, Nacon is working on Test Drive Unlimited, and I'm excited to see that. And they have a showcase on March 9th. Now, they went ahead and they said they detailed the time, and it's going to be on March 9th. And they said that they're going to be showing The Lord of the Rings Gollum, Robocop Rogue City, Gangs of Sherwood, Raven's Watch, TT3, and then they said also some sports and Sims games. So, I mean, obviously, Joel, what is it? What is not here? Um, test drive Solar Crest, Solar Crown. But regardless, I Solar Crown. I understand. Bad. Nobody's <laughs> talking about it, so how would anyone remember? Test drive exactly. is not here. Um, I think this is bullshit. If it's what's there, including in the also some sports and Sims games, then because I know that mm, racing games can fall. That quality it can, but i this is bullshit i the thing that i'm kind of perplexed here is how do they not understand that test drive unlimited is a bigger ticket item than all that bullshit they just listed yeah i didn't even know there was a robocop game that's what that's what i'm trying to that's really what was surprising like lord of the rings i get it that's a huge ip robocop is an ip too but like gangs of sherwood raven's watch i don't know what the fuck those are and i know that test drive unlimited will sell but if you're not going to market it that's not going to help you so 
I just kind of wrote that in there because I wanted to rant a little bit. I I feel like they need to give that game love or why even make it at all. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty peculiar. Like all, like you said, all. Of the, I think if they market test drive correctly and make a good test drive game, it, it will sell more than all of those games. Because TT3, now, I believe, is a motorcycle game, is it not? That's what I exactly was going to look up because I was like, what the fuck does he, is even TT3 Ride the Edge? It does seem like a motorcycle game. TT3 Ride the Edge. Ride. Oh! Yeah, that sounds like my Valentine's Day. Oh, oh, he was right. And actually, when you search up TT3, you get science stuff, not a game. I'm so on. the search, the search was, let me see, TT3 ride on the edge. I think that sounds that like it is a motorcycle game. So, okay. So a motorcycle game. So when they say other sports, they're immediately, if it test drive is in there, they're just put, brushing it to the side. Nacon, if anyone's listening, anyone that works at Nacon, get your shit together. I don't know what kind of fucking stats you're using or who you're asking or what surveys you're sending. Test Drive would be your biggest title. You need to put that as your marquee game. I mean, yeah, it would definitely be your biggest title. Maybe second to the Lord of the Rings Golem game, but that game also looks like ass. That's and the, the thing. Fucking, and the Golem looks weird as shit. But based on IP, I guess you can justify that being the biggest game here. But yeah, Test Drive. What the fuck? I want to play Test Drive. Yeah. That shit was supposed to be coming out this summer right that's what i'm saying it's supposed to be like last summer they're taking a really long time with it yeah so that's yeah that's very disappointing i mean hopefully it's a surprise thing hopefully they're yeah. like oh wait we got one more thing and then it's like the fucking full blowout with a nice release date or something i would hope that's what so one can hope but such a small company not promoting their biggest product not a good sign. Not a good sign. I agree. It doesn't make sense because if you want people to tune in, like right now, I'm not going to tune in. But if they said Test Drive was there, I would tune in. So, Definitely. I mean, we will cover it, of course, for our mm-hmm. beautiful audience and listeners. We're going to cover it, you know, to the extent that there's things worth covering. But I'm probably not going to sit down and like watch it at the time that it comes out. I'll probably watch highlights, see what it's about. You know, I've seen RoboCop looks a little bit interesting just because it's kind of a shooter, but even that's in the vein of the Terminator resistance game in my mind where it's like, you know, it's there. Even I haven't (laughs) bought it. I like Terminator, but it's not really something that I care too much about, but we're going to see. We, we will, we'll, we'll just see time. Time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. And time will tell again. Now we're going to get into basically the new studio section here, rounding it out. And Crafton. Crafton is the Korean production house that funded Striking Distance Studios to make the Callisto Protocol. And so Crafton is going to be opening up a AAA Canadian studio, effectively named Crafton Montreal. Their first game that they will work on will be a game adaptation of a Korean fantasy novel series, The Bird That Drinks Tears. Now, this studio will be led by Patrick Methe. I don't know if that's the correct way of saying it. I believe this is a, uh, a former Ubisoft director. Now, he has directed in his career Far Cry 3, 4, 5, New Dawn, and Rainbow Six Extraction. So he's been on a steep fucking decline his entire career. But he is also joined by other devs from the Rainbow Six Extraction team and Martin Paradis, who is a or was an advanced gameplay engineer at Warner Brothers Montreal. Now, not written in a formal document, juicy script here is that they said they are looking to hire 150 employees within the next three years and that this title is basically pretty early on. But new studio here. 
I am always happy to hear a new studio. We know that Montreal is a great location for developers and a lot of good stuff comes out of there. A lot of companies are opening... Yeah, very a hotbed. A lot of companies are opening up studios there. My only hesitation here is the Callisto Protocol is obviously a different studio, but the funding and some of the production decisions are going to be done by Crafting 2. And... Callista Protocol had a $162 million budget and didn't really seem to use it too well. So I'm hoping that they don't make a similar mistake here where they just think, you know what? Um, we got the guy that made Dead Space. Let's have him do Callisto. Now we have the director that made these Far Cry games. So let's have, you know what I mean? So I, of course, you're going to need people with experience, but I'm saying that I hope that the management of it is not poor. Because their only other experience right now would be PUBG, uh, Callisto, and then now this. And I have no idea what this um, IP is, the bird that drinks tears. It sounds dope, though. I don't know what it is either. But yeah, cool the, name. honestly, when you're reading this, the first thing I thought was like, damn, Craftsman really got that money to be wasting. Because I was like, yep. they just blew 100. And I know you said 160. I think it was actually 180. I believe for it. Callisto, which, which is even worse. But um. So I was like, oh, well, at least it, we know their first shot will be very nice. It'll be a nice uh, visually looking thing. They'll spend a lot of money in it. And hopefully crafting can get their shit together and start making games that are a little bit more profitable. I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure they probably have a nice cushion with PUBG bringing in so much income initially. So um, hopefully the studio can get on the right foot and just kind of start making games that are a little more profitable, a little bit more better and flushed out. And obviously, if you're going to be basing it off of a known IP is going to solve one of the main issues that Callisto had where it had no story. Yeah. So I mean, so you already got, you're already moving in the right direction. That, that's absolutely true. Yeah, definitely true. I hope that, of course, I hope that it is good. It's just how much money are they going to spend and how are they going to use it? And then when I saw, you know, Oh, this is the director from far cry three. I got excited, but then I saw four or five new dawn and rainbow Six <laughs> extraction. And I, I, you know, I, I did enjoy, four and five and even new dawn i got the platinum for that one but i know that that's a decline in quality and then rainbow six extraction i mean i don't and i don't think anyone really regards that as a a great game so we'll see i don't know if that's the best starting point but we will see yeah, we will see I'm, i mean i'm interested to see like a new ip especially taken from like korea so like we have really no attachment to it so it could be it could be a whole new thing and so hopefully it's good i wonder if it's going to go open world with the far cry definitely um, i mean it'll be a fantasy think so? i think so if it's a fantasy game i think it'll be open world i think you're getting i think getting the director of far cry is in my head i mean like it just you would probably do that thinking it's going to be an open world game that's true. That's what most of their work is on. But how much fucking money are they going to spend on this game? I don't know. We're going to find out. Open world games are not cheap at all. So That's true. And there's so many studios that when they get announced, it's exciting. But also, there's really nothing to stand behind except for, you know, words. And so it doesn't really mean a whole lot. But there is one that seems a little bit more exciting, maybe, or a little bit more promising promising yeah promising oh. might be the the right word for that i mean in each other's minds here so what i'm talking about is wildlife Touch entertainment whoa 
Meatball <laughs> Sub. Wildlight Entertainment <laughs> is formed by ex Apex Legends and Titanfall leads. So Wildlight Entertainment will be led by Chad Grenier, or is led by Chad Grenier. He is a former game director of Apex Legends. He also served on the teams behind Titanfall and the original Modern Warfare series. He brings along devs from those times working on those projects. And on the website, he says, we are a new fully funded studio hyper-focused on creating big, bold, original gaming universes of epic quality and scale. We've been quietly working on a new IP for some time. And while it'll be a bit before we can say more, we're beyond excited to, you know, for what's coming. Now, we've kind of heard those same words a million times. So, I mean, I am interested if you're telling me it's people from Apex, Titanfall, and Call of Duty... All of these things are taken with a grain of salt, though, because Deviation Studios, I was really excited for when that was Jason Blundell and people from Treyarch. So we don't know. And we will find out in some time. But being positive, I mean, those three games are really great. So it would be cool. I think if I don't know what I would want the most, of course, a first person shooter. But I a part of me kind of would almost prefer a campaign focused thing more so than just multiplayer. I fucking wish we I hope we get the more campaign single player focused things because like as we see with all these new studios and new multiplayer games, that's it's like uh, it's ephemeral. It disappears. They they go into the ether. They like you said, they require people to play them. A single player campaign can ever be evergreen, constantly sell, ebb and flow. Obviously, you make most of your sales within the first week or two of a game being released, but it can build a word word of mouth and actually grow into something bigger than what it is initially. But with it, if they make a multiplayer thing, you only have that basically that first month. You're gonna make all your money back in the first month with all your microtransactions if you're gonna go free to play route. And then if you're selling it, are we going to sell enough copies to have a healthy player base? So hopefully single player. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it makes more sense financially. The life cycle would be better for it. And, you know, people really enjoyed the Modern Warfare campaigns people like, but the Titanfall campaign people really, really enjoyed. So them doing something with that and Apex and sounds the team that's very talented and know what they're doing. All the games listed are successful. It's not just like a one-off that they were attached to. So... I, I, I'm I'm excited. I think it'll be good. Have a good campaign. Maybe flesh it out. A lot of cash. You can. I mean, you can add multiplayer if you want, but I don't think that the approach is to be the free to play multiplayer mm-hmm. in a new universe because you're going to have to push Apex to the side, which I feel like would be pretty tough to do. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. We it sounds like from what we've got, what we've talked about today, we have a lot of studios handling a lot of projects. Some of them not as well needing to cancel. Some of them moving forward. Just it seems like every single entity is working on a lot, and I would like to see these things come out at a steady clip instead of just holding and doing all of them at the same time. Yeah, I would prefer much more focus. I feel like the industry right now is focusing mainly on abundance and having games for subscription services it feels like a lot of these games are games that are being made for like game pass in mind or playstation plus extra in mind as opposed to making like quality content it's like the netflix model or there's there's a netflix show like you'll watch a netflix show because it's bingeable and it's free in quotes you'll play a a seven out of ten six out of ten because it's free with your subscription but I want studios to be making like quality kind of memorable experiences. And obviously I think the, when you were talking about, you don't know why, and I, I don't know if you said you don't know why people get excited for new studios or people get excited for new studios. And I think the reason that people do is because I usually 
in our minds means new IP. And that's always something I feel like that's something we still need in this generation. And I don't think we had that new IP that's been like stand out this generation still. No, and we're two and a half years. in. I mean, I a thousand percent agree. What I was saying is just for me specifically, I think about deviation studios and that not working mm-hmm. out specifically coming from call of duty dev. So I think that's just what I meant. New studios. Great. I mean, you're going to get a lot of good stuff coming out of people who break away from maybe production places where they weren't able to create what they wanted. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I just, okay. my baseline is just, yeah, I would like to see maybe now not from this wildlife entertainment. They're brand new They're I don't have any opinions except hoping they do good stuff, but you know, Crafton, you know, maybe not mm-hmm. the best uh, management of Callisto protocol and Ubisoft doing too many things remedy. I don't know how well they're handling it just because, you know, they haven't put anything out this generation yet. I, they did remaster, but I don't really count that. And so just all of these people, Embracer, right? 31 by 2020. All right, sure. But we're going to see. And that's that's basically all I have is uh, we're just going to see. Yeah, that's all that Mark can give you. Then. That's all I can <laughs> give you. Just keep an eye we're out. We're just going to see. I can keep an eye out. You know, sooner or later, we're going to get to a point where PlayStation Plus games are yearly. And so... <laughs> we'll get 31 games by 2028 but yeah we're just gonna see maybe i'll play x defiant who knows the ubisoft thing actually never loaded neither did the crew motorfest one so i don't even know if i actually registered for them damn you know what i mean all these studios talking about what they're making kind of makes me i think this is also me just drinking the kool-aid stockholm syndrome but makes me feel a little bit better about playstation not just announcing a bunch of shit knowing it's not going to come out anytime like imminently yeah. So they're holding the cards close to the vest. Hopefully, they're like Naughty Dog said they want to release stuff close to release or close to when they announce it. So, you know, it makes me feel good a little bit about PlayStation and not just like flooding the market with like these hopes and dreams of all these games that are coming out in the ether that we eventually forget about. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's a that's, smart that's, move. It is a smarter move, but you know, you know what's even a smarter move is liking, subscribing, and sharing. Go for bronze. The Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze Media, LLC. Hit us up on Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod, Instagram, Go for Bronze Pod. That's right, we have. You can check us out on Twitch at Go for Bronze Pod. Also, our YouTube channel at Go for Bronze. This is the big dog. Until next time.